Joshua chapter 7, verse number 1, But the children of Israel committed a sin or trespass against the accursed things for Achan, the son of Kamei, the son of Zibin, the son of Zai, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent from the men of Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, to them saying, Get up and spy to the country. So that the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let the people go up, but let them about, but, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up from there, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gates, and struck them down. Therefore the hearts of the people of Israel melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord into the evening, and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over from the Jordan? to deliver us to the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us. Oh, that we have been content and dwell on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say to the Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land hear it and surround us and cut off the name of the earth. Then, will you do for your, then what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lay thus on your face like this? Israel have sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded you. For they have even taken some of the accursed things, which have both been stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with them anymore, unless you destroy the cursed thing from among, your, from among you. Get up and sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourself for tomorrow, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Today I want to finish my sermon series on possessing the new land. For the past three Sundays, or two Sundays, this makes the third Sunday, we've been in a sermon series called Possessing the New Land. And what we've been doing is looking at the book of Joshua and looking at how Joshua led the people of God into a new land, which is referred to as the promised land. And what we have done is we have learned some things that Joshua had instructed his people to do, and as a result, we can learn what we can do in our life. And so the first week, remember we looked at Jericho and how the children of Israel marched around Jericho uh, uh, seven times. Actually, it was 12 times. And for every day, they would march around six times. And on the seventh day, they would march around seven times. And they blew the trumpets and the walls came tumbling down. And we learned from that sermon that sometimes you've got to keep your mouth shut. Because the scripture tells us they couldn't make a sound. They had to keep their mouth shut as they marched around the city. So sometimes our greatest advantage in life when you're facing a battle is just to keep your mouth shut. 
Because God told the children of Israel, when you march around these walls, you just keep quiet, don't say anything until the seventh day. <clears throat> we also learn from that story is that you've got to keep moving. You see, sometimes you get discouraged when you're walking around the walls and it's the fifth day and the sixth day and nothing's happening. You've got to keep moving. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also learn that you've got to show up at the wall. If you want the wall to come down, you've got to show up at the wall. You can't pray for deliverance and not show up to the place that God wants you to be. Sometimes we want to isolate ourselves and run from things. But the story of Joshua teaches us that if you are in a battle, you've got to show up to the battle. You've got to show up to the wall if you want the wall to fall. Do you remember that sermon? Somebody say amen. And then last week, what did we learn? Did, does anybody remember what we learned last week? <clears throat> Nobody remembers? Yes, we re remember the Passover. Remember the children of Israel? They crossed, they, they won at Jericho, now Jordan. Now Jordan was a river that they had to cross over to get to the promised land. And remember Jordan? God dried up the Jordan River, but we learned from the story in the Jordan River that before they crossed over, or after they crossed over, the Bible says that Joshua circumcised all the men. That was very painful. And then two verses later, he says, I want you to celebrate the Passover. Even in their hurt, God required them to celebrate. Even in their hurt, God required them to rejoice and be thankful. So we learn from the story of, uh, of Jordan, the Jordan River, that you've got to rejoice and be thankful. The Passover always is an integral part of your life, even when you are hurting. They were circumcised, but God required them still to rejoice. Are you there? Somebody say amen. We learn that when they cross over to the Jordan, uh, Joshua put some stones up and said, remember what God has done for you. Those stones represented the past. Sometimes when we're in the battle, we need to remember our spiritual stones and remember what God has done for us so that gives us the perseverance to go over our Jordan. Somebody say amen. And today I'm going to end the sermon series as we look at the uh, city of Ai. Somebody shout Ai. Ai. Lord bless the preaching of the word this morning. Everything that's said and everything that's done, let it bring you the glory. And everybody shouted amen. God is always faithful to his people, isn't he? God is faithful. Thousands of years ago, God spoke to a man by the name of Abraham. And God said to Abraham, from your loins, I'm going to have a people. These people are going to be my people, and I'm going to be their God. He said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to look up, and I want you to see the stars in the sky. He said, your descendants is going to be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Your descendants is going to be as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Abraham, your people, the promise is going to come through your son Isaac. And these people are going to be called the Hebrews. These people are going to be called the Jews. They're called the Israelites. And God said to Abraham, I am going to be with these people. And I am going to give these people a piece of land. And this land was called the promised land. It was named after Jacob, Israel. And God said, I am giving this land to you, and you're going to live in that land. You're going to dwell in that land. And you're going to be an example to the whole world that there is only but one living God. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are in a battle. We are in a battle for Israel to preserve the land. 
But let me remind you today, it doesn't matter what the United Nations says in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, that land belongs to the Hebrew people because God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to have a people and they're going to have a land and they're going to demonstrate to the world there is only but one true and living God. Can I hear an amen? God gave a promise. You're going to have your land and you're going to be an example. Why does God have a people called the Jews? Because the Jews was an example, a group of people, an example to the world that there is one God. They were the city that sat on the hill that could not be hid. God said, I've given you the land, but you've got to fight for it. Now, why in the world would God give us a promise and we've got to fight? Because fighting... Even though it's yours, fighting demonstrates your faith. The faith and the promise that it's yours. God said to these people, I've given this land to you. I'm going to bring you out of bondage. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. And I'm going to give the land to you. But you might have to fight some people for the land. You know, didn't they fight? The Bible says in chapter 3, just look at it. Don't lose me because this is important. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. The Bible states that Israel crosses the Jordan River. The Jordan River was a river that separated the people from the promise of God. So they had to cross over it. But in Joshua chapter 3, they cross over the river and the Bible says they walked on dry ground. Look at it. You don't have to turn there. They'll be behind me. Joshua chapter 3, verse 17. Joshua chapter 3, verse 17. This is the first battle. Joshua 3, 17. Then the priest who bore the ark of the Lord stood on the firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until the people crossed completely over the Jordan. The very first thing that happens to these people, God says, I'm going to give you a victory, and the first victory is Jordan. You're going to cross over this river, and you know what happens? The Lord dried up the land, and they crossed over on dry ground. Now let me remind you of something. The first victory for the children of Israel was Jordan. And in this victory, you see two things. You know what you see? You see God's promise, and you see God's presence. You see God's presence, and you see God's promise. You see His promise, and his presence. Anytime the people of God experienced a victory, God had two things, a promise and his presence. I want to make sure you get that. Anytime the people of God experienced a victory, God gave, his, gave them a promise, and he promised him his presence. Now I want you to shout that out with me. Say promise, and say presence. In Jordan, I want you to see this. Verse number 7, Joshua 3 verse 7. Joshua 3, verse 7, this is the promise of the Lord. Joshua 3, verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel, that you may know that I was with Moses, and I will be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the promise of God. God said to Joshua, You're going to cross over this Jordan River, and this is my promise, that I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. That was his promise. Now, see his presence. His presence 
is the scripture I read to you, Joshua 3.17. Joshua 3.17, this was his presence. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood on firm, dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground. Do you see the Lord's presence? The ark of God was his presence. And the presence of God went with the children of Israel. So guess what? How do I win a battle? Joshua won the battle because he got a promise. And the promise was, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. Don't worry about it. You're going to cross over on the Jordan River. And then not only do you have a promise, you have his presence. What was his presence? The ark of God went with them. And because the ark of God went with them, they went over on dry ground. What are you saying, preacher? I am saying that you can fight whatever battle you have in your life if you can get a promise of God and you can have the presence of God go with you. Can I hear somebody say amen? If you can get a promise from God and you can have the presence of God, you can fight whatever battle that is before you. And Israel fought. He, they, they walked over on dry ground. They walked over on dry ground because they had a promise. And the promise was God was going to be with their leader Joshua and his presence was the Ark of the Covenant going before them. My God, you can fight whatever may be in your life if you can get a promise from God in his word and you can have the presence of God going before you and have the presence of God going behind you. You can fight whatever devil. You can charge hell with a water gun if you can get a word on it and you can have the presence of God to go with you. Now, Somebody say they won at Jordan. And guess what? They won at Jericho. Remember? They marched around the walls of Jericho and the walls came. Joshua fought the battle of... Sing it with me. Joshua fought the battle of... Joshua fought the battle of... And so... They won at the Jordan, right? Did God dry up the water at the Jordan River? And now, after the Jordan, they stepped over the Jordan and they begin to march. And now there's a great wall, Jericho. God says, don't worry about it. You won the Jordan. I'm going to be with you at Jericho. Then, that's found in Joshua chapter 6. They win another battle. Joshua chapter 6, they're at Jericho. Now, the people of God is thinking to themselves, God just dried up the Jordan River. We're marching forth to the land that God has given us, and there's another battle we've got to face. And this is Jericho. But remember what I just said? If you can get a promise, and you can have his presence, you can fight whatever battle that's before you. So, Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 2, they're at Jericho, but this is the promise. Joshua 6, verse 2, this is the promise. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 2 states this, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and its mighty men of valor. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know what God said? You know what God said to Joshua? I was with you at Jordan. But I'm giving you another promise. And this promise is, I'm going to give Jericho to you. 
I'm going to give its king to you. I'm going to give its all its men to you. Don't worry about it, Joshua. Jericho is in your hands. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but that's a promise from God. So, so now, what do you need? What do you need if you're going to win? You need a promise and you need what? That was the promise, but where was his presence? Joshua 6 and verse number 6. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called for the priest. Do you see that? Take up the ark of the covenant and let the seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proclaim and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. You see, that's his presence. His presence was the ark of the covenant. I'm about to shout here. God said, I'm going to be with you, Joshua. God said, Joshua, I'm going to give the city to you. I'm going to give the kings to you. I'm going to get everything to you. It's yours. That was a promise. But you see his presence. The presence was the Ark of the Covenant going before them and after them. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know, because Joshua got a promise, because Joshua had the presence of God, the Bible says in verse number 20, Joshua chapter 6 in verse number 20, Joshua 6 and verse number 20 says this, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat. Then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and took the city. You know what happened? God gave a promise and his presence was with him. Because anytime you get a promise and you have the presence of God to go with you, the walls will come tumbling down. God will dry up the Jordan River. God will cause you to walk across the Red Sea. If you can get a promise and you can have his presence, you can win every battle. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. All you need is a promise from God. All you need is a promise from God, and you need His presence from God. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, we're here today because God gave us a promise. And we will still be here because His presence is with us. Never, 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 never take for granted the presence of God. Because anytime the presence of God shows up, you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You don't need to come on somebody, somebody to counsel you. When the presence of God shows up, the walls will come tumbling down and your river will dry up when His presence meets His promise. His presence means somebody help me preach in this place today. Raise your hand and say glory to God. Hallelujah. When you get his promise and when you walk in his presence, it doesn't matter how deep the Jordan River is. It doesn't matter how, how, how high the walls are. If you have a promise and you go with his presence, hallelujah. Somebody just help me preach just a moment up in this place right here. Hallelujah. How many is thankful for the promise of God? How many is thankful for the presence of God? Hallelujah. Somebody rejoice for a moment for the power of God, the presence of God, and the promise of God this morning. These people march forward. They march forward with tenacity. They march forward with perseverance. Because the promise of God and the presence of God gives you the confidence that you need to march. Now, let me remind you of something. They won at Jordan. 
They won at Jericho. And as they progressed, they got to another city called Ai. And the Bible says, the Lord spoke to Joshua. said, Joshua, somebody in the camp has stolen something. Joshua was so distressed, he tore his clothes and said, God, how can you let us win at Jordan? How can you let us win at Jericho and bring us to a city where we've lost the battle? How can you have the presence of God? How can you have the promise of God and still lose a battle? I hope you're with me this morning. They won at Jordan. God dried up the river. They marched into Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. These people had a promise. The ark of God was His presence. And yet, when they got to another city called Ai, Joshua ripped his clothes because they lost the battle and thousands of their men died. Joshua said, Lord, did you bring us out here to embarrass us? Lord, how can we have a promise? Lord, how can your presence be with us and we still lose a battle? Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a promise from God? Have you ever had the presence of God go with you and, and you've been victorious, but there's that one thing in your life that you can't get victory over? There's that one thing in your life that you cannot get victory over? You have a promise. You've got the presence of God, but at the same time, you have no victory in that area. Are you all listening to this preacher preach this morning? These people who were victorious at Jordan, these people who were victorious at Jericho, now the Bible says they lost a battle. How can you have a promise? How can you have His presence and still lose a battle? Joshua was so distraught. Joshua 7, verse 7, verse 6. Joshua 7, verse 6. And Joshua tore his clothes, fell down to the face before the ark of the Lord into the evening, in front of the elders of Israel, put dust on his head. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan? to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us. Verse number 8, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before their enemies? The Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of this. You know what Joshua was saying? Lord, you're going to embarrass us. God, you dried up the river. You had the walls come tumbling down. And now we're at Ai. And now we're going to be embarrassed. These people know what you did at Jericho. These people know what you did at the Jordan. And now you're going to let them win the battle? It's embarrassing. Because that's what the devil does. 
Do you know why the devil exalts? you know why people go to the top? And they got some secret sin in their life, and eventually it's exposed before thousands of people, because that's how the devil works. The greater your platform, the greater the embarrassment. Nobody cares if you've got a church of 60 people. Let it go to thousands. Your downfall is greater. Joshua said, Lord, these people know what you did at Jericho. They know what you did at Jordan, and now it's an embarrassment, God. We've lost the battle. I don't understand. How can I have a promise? How can I have your presence and still lose the battle? I've often wondered that too. How can we shout on Sunday? We fall on the floor and get victory, and yet Monday you're losing the battle. Sometimes I think, is this the same church I pastor? Last week it was this week, and this week is What's wrong? Because a Sunday shout without a Monday walk never produces victory. People, you know what AI, let me explain AI. AI was a small city, and guess what? AI had no walls, they had no river, a small city, they didn't really have big weaponry, and guess what? The children of Israel still lost. A little city, and they lost. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, Pastor, how... Can you win at Jordan and Jericho, have a promise in his presence, and still lose at Ai? I'm glad you're here today because I'm going to give you three reasons why the Bible tells us they lost. Even though they had a promise, and even though they had the presence of God, they still lost. You can still lose. Even if you got a promise from God and the presence of God, you can still abort the promise of God. They lost at Ai. How did they lose? Well, the scripture is very clear how they lost. Look at verse number 3. Joshua 7, verse 3. They're at Ai. Ready? Somebody say, I'm with you, Pastor. Everybody shout, I'm with you. Come on, shout it out. Come on, shout it. One, two, three. There you go. Verse number 3. Joshua 7, verse 3. Joshua 2, he sent out spies. The spies came back, verse 3. Look at it. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, now they're at Ai, right? Do, these, what the, this is what the spies said. Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go attack Ai. Do not be weary. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Number one, they lost the battle because number one, they were selective and not collective. Now hold on. What did the Bible just say? The spies came back and the spies said, Joshua, we spied out the land, and there's only a few people there in Ai, so we don't need all the army to go. We just need a few men to help us fight. Y'all with me? What did he say? We don't need everybody to go fight. We just need a few folks to go with us. They were selective and not collective. What do you mean? 
You know what the spies should have said? Joshua, I think all of us need to go to Ai and fight. But the spies said, no, nah, just a few of us. In other words, just get the few best men we have. We can go fight. The Ai just has a few people. They were selective and not collective. You know what the Lord is trying to teach us? You will lose every battle in your life if you don't realize that it's not about you, that you've got to involve people in your life. I wish I had somebody to help the preacher out. It's not about you. This is a team effort. We are a part of a church. We are a part of a community. And we are called to fight together. It is not Pastor Josh's fight. It is not... Pastor Orlando's fight. It's not Pastor David's fight. It's all of us fighting together, going forth together. We are not selective. This is a team effort. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said this is a team effort. And all throughout the Bible, the Bible tells us to be involved with one another. The Bible says in John chapter 13, 34, love one another. Is that what it said? The Bible says to honor one another above yourselves. Be devoted to one another. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. The Bible says instruct one another. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. Serve one another. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bear one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another. Speaking to one another in psalms and spiritual songs. Submit to one another in the reverence of Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Do not lie to one another. Bear with one another. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow to each other. Encourage one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another daily. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins. So the Catholic Church ain't all wrong, are they? No. They believe that forgiveness first happens when we confess our sins to one another because that exposes the sin in your life. Say, Pastor, but the priests don't forgive their sins. They confess it because it's an act of humility. Well, this is, is this all right? Confess your sins to one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another. Don't slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Pray for one another. Love one another deeply. Love each other deeply. On and on it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you trying to say, preacher? I am simply trying to say that we should never be selective. We should be collective. This is a team effort. We are in a community. We fight together. We're not supposed to be on the sideline all alone. Can somebody shout hallelujah? So you know what the spies said? The spies said, oh, don't worry about it. We don't need everybody to fight. We just need a couple. And if we're going to win in the battle, ladies and gentlemen, it's a team effort. 
We've got to do it together. And I want to ask this church to get today, is there anybody with Pastor Josh and you're willing to fight, and you're willing to go forth with a promise, and you're willing to go forth with His presence, and you realize it's not Pastor Josh, or it's not this pastor, it's all of us together fighting for what God has promised us. It's all of us together. Now, Joshua 7, verse 19, I'm almost done. Why did they lose the battle? Joshua 7, 19... This is why they lost the battle. Remember, y'all look up here. You remember they were, where were they at before? They were at Jericho. And remember the walls came. And there was a man in the crowd. You know, he's marching too. So after the walls come tumbling down, guess what this, this dude did? He goes into Jericho and he's like, well, I think I'm going to take this to my house. There was a man in the crowd, when the walls came tumbling down, his name was Achan. Achan went into the city and he stole stuff. And he stuffed it in his pockets. And so, when they kept marching to the next city, Ai, they lost the battle. And God said, somebody in the crowd stole something from the other city. Is that what the Bible says? I said, is that what the Bible says? I said, is that what the Bible says? The Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 18, this is what God said to them when they were in Jericho. Joshua 6, 18. Look at it. Joshua 6, verse 18. Look at it. I want you to see this. Joshua 6, then the Lord said to Joshua, Verse 6, verse 18. Chapter 6, verse 18. And you by all means should abstain from the cursed things, lest you become a curse when you take the cursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. You see that? All the silver and the gold and the bronze, it's all to the Lord. So the Lord said, do not touch anything in Jericho. It all, it's all mine. Don't touch it. But when the walls came tumbling down, a man by the name of Achan decided, I know the Lord told us not to touch it, but I think I'm going to take some things home with me. So he stuffed it all in his pockets and got back into the marching line and they begin to march and they come to Ai and they lose the battle. They lose the battle because the spies said, we don't need everybody to fight. But they also lost the battle because they wasn't faithful with their finances. Now, I know y'all were just shouting with me a few moments ago, but isn't that what Achan did? Joshua chapter 7, verse 19, look at it. Joshua 7, verse 19. Joshua 7, verse 19. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to Him and tell me what you have done and do not hide it from me. And this is what Achan said. And Achan answered and said, Joshua... And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. So what did Achan do? Look at it, verse 21. And when I saw the spoils of the beautiful Babylonian garments, 200 shekels of silver, 
and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I covered them and took them and, and, and took them and I hid them in the earth in the midst of the tent and I, with silver under it. Huh. What did Achan do? Achan found a coat. Achan found some money and he found some silver. And where did he find it at? Remember the last battle. He took it all there. He hid it. And he went to a spot. He dug the dirt, put it all in the earth. You know what Achan was thinking? Achan was thinking this. When we fight the battle of Ai and we finally get finished fighting and we're in the promised land, I could go back and dig up that stuff and I could sell it and take care of my family. They lost the battle, Ai, because your sins will find you out. Achan took a coat, money and silver, and hid it in the ground and was thinking nobody knew about it. And Joshua said, Lord, why did we lose at Ai? And the Lord said, Joshua, somebody in the camp stole Let me just remind you that the greatest opposition against Christ Point is not the liberal people outside of this church. The greatest opposition of Christ Point is people who come Sunday after Sunday and sit in church pews and not honor God with the substance and the resources that God has given them. I wish somebody should have stand to your feet and said, that's, that's, that's right, Pastor. The greatest opposition to Christ's point is not the liberal media outside of this church. It's those who sit under the sound of the preacher's voice Sunday after Sunday and refuse to honor God with your substance. Achan stole. God said, because you stole and you're not faithful with your finances, you're going to lose the battle. Let me just remind you that maybe we're losing the battles because you're not faithful with your finances. You don't put God first in your finances. It belongs to Him anyway. God said, you've lost the battle, Achan. Now, did you look at it? Joshua 7, verse 21 Joshua 7, verse 21. Listen to what Joshua said. Joshua 7, verse 21. Achan said, and when I saw among the spoils. Listen, look at me. You know what Achan's problem was? He wanted what he saw. And that's what we call materialistic. And we got a world going mad because we got to buy everything we see. He saw it and he wanted it. Just because you see something doesn't mean you've got to have it. Somebody just help me out over here. I said, just because you see it doesn't mean you've got to have it. I'm almost, maybe I'll run over here. Just because you see it doesn't mean you've got to have it. He saw it. He saw the coat. He saw the gold and the silver. Not only did he have a materialistic mindset, but he misused it. You know what he did? You know what he did? The Bible says he hid it in the ground. Now, Christy, if, if Orlando bought you a fur coat, would you go outside and, and hide it in the ground? Come on, somebody help me out. No. Would you go hide your money in the ground? No. He misused it because you don't hide coats in the ground. So what was Aiken's problem? He was materialistic. 
He saw it. He wanted it. He misused his money. It's amazing to me that people go out to eat and spend $100 on a steak meal and we try to take up an offering and we'll give a dollar. We have the ability with this crowd and everybody else that's not here to pay this church off. I'm going to say it again. I said the greatest opposition to this church is not the people outside, it's the people sitting in the seats in the church. We have the ability among the people of God, according to Acts chapter 2, to do whatever we need to do. To do whatever we need to do. Because we got the resources. We've got it. He misused it. He was materialistic. And number three, he stole it. It wasn't his. Remember God said, abstained from taking anything. He stole it. What about you? Open your checkbook. That's a prime indicator where you spend your money. I hope we don't have no Aikens in the building. I hope that you have a heart to honor God with your finances. How, how, how can you win at Jordan and you win at Jericho and you lose the battle AI even though you got his promise and you got his presence? Ladies and gentlemen, you can still lose the battle even though you have his promise and his presence with you if you have a mindset that it's all about you and you never include people. And number two, you will lose in life if you don't realize to put God first in your finances. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And in closing, you know why they lost? They lost because they didn't pray before they went into battle. Now, get this. This is so exciting. I was so excited this week about this word. Because as you dig in the word, it comes alive to you. They didn't pray before the battle. Get, get this. What was the last battle that they fought? What was the name of it? Did they pray before Jericho? I think so. Get this. They prayed. Joshua 5, verse 13. Joshua 5, verse 13. Get this. Don't lose me. I'm almost done. Joshua 5, verse 13 says this. And it came to pass... When Joshua was at where? 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 Shout it out. Where was he? That he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood the opposite of him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And so he said, No. But as a commander of the Lord, uh, uh, commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off of your foot, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1. 
he worshipped, he prayed. Verse 1, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none went out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see I have given Jericho into your hands, its kings and its mighty army. What are you saying, pastor? Joshua prayed. Joshua worshipped before he led the people into Jericho. And if you want to have true victory in your life, you've got to worship before you war. Let me say that again. If you want to experience true victory in your life, you've got to worship before you war in battle. And Joshua was on his face. Joshua worshipped the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army. Who was he? That's Jesus incarnate. He was worshiping Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Joshua worshiped, he prayed before he went into Jericho. And the reason they lost the battle in Ai is because Joshua the leader never worshiped nor did he pray. The Bible says he spent spies up first. In other words, he leaned to the arm of the flesh first. If we want to win the battle in our life, it starts with worship. It starts with prayer. It starts with consecration. And Joshua understood that the reason that they won at Jericho and the walls came tumbling down is because he first prayed and he first worshipped. I want to remind you, your family will fall apart if you don't put God first. I said your family will fall apart if you don't put God first. Your job will be discriminated if you don't put God first. Now, we can sit there and we can say, oh, he's excited, he's sweating this morning, but I've lived this, church. And if you don't put God first and he's not the center of your life, things will never work out. Why? Seek ye first the kingdom. All these things will be added to you. The problem is we're trying to add all this stuff to us without seeking the kingdom. If Jesus comes first, it may be rough, but I promise you it's going to work out in the end. Can somebody help me out? How can you have the presence of God? How can you have a promise of God and still lose? You lose because you think it's all about you. And you never include anybody in your life. You don't need to go to growth point because you know it all. Maybe somebody needs you on Wednesday night. Maybe somebody needs to see you here. Maybe they need to say, hey, listen, I remember they was fighting a battle last week and they're faithful to the house of God. Maybe somebody needs to see your presence. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that people really do look at you? Your Sunday shout ain't going to mean nothing unless you have a Monday walk to walk it out. You lose at AI because you're selective and you're never collective. You lose at AI because you're not faithful with your money. Because that's a demonstrative of where your heart's at. Achan's heart was corrupted because his heart was more about hiding money than it was being with the group and fighting to get the new land. 
People take jobs and work themselves to death and miss church for a year and never, it seems like it worries them. Go ahead and hide it. Go ahead, do it. Because in the end, you're going to find out that if Jesus ain't number one, it ain't going to work out anyway. You say, well, pastor, that's strong. It's Bible. You work six days and you take a day off. Even God did it. God never required somebody to work seven days a week. That's not Bible. God rested to demonstrate to the world there is a day of worship. There is the first day of the week called Sunday because it's first, and he deserves the very first. Come on, somebody. You know what Sunday is? Sunday is a tithe of the week. So every time you come to church on Sunday, you are acknowledging, God, you are number one. This week, you're number one in my life. Come on, somebody. You're number one in my life. How can you lose? You lose because you're selective and not collective. You lose because you're not faithful with your money. You lose because you don't pray before you go in the battle. Decisions that's made without prayer equals destruction. We can learn to pray. Prayer is a powerful thing. Prayer has the ability to roll up flowing rivers. Prayer has the ability to make rocks gush forth into fountains. Prayer has the ability to quench the fires of hell. Prayer has the ability to muzzle the mouth of the ox. Prayer has the ability to stop the course of the sun and the moon. Prayer has the ability to open up the iron gates. Prayer has the ability to raise the souls from the dead. Prayer has the ability to conquer the strongest devils. Prayer has the ability to command a legion of angels to come down from heaven to rescue a man from a cross. Prayer has the ability to exercise a demon out of a man who's been possessed for years. Prayer has the ability to open the gates of heaven and shut the gates of hell. Prayer has the ability to move the hand of God. And if you don't pray, ladies and gentlemen, you will lose in the battle if there is no prayer. There's no prayer. You lose at AI. No matter how victorious you were at Jericho or Jordan, you will lose. So what is this pastor telling you? I'm telling you, if you're going to win, if you're going to win, you've got to start thinking about other people. That's why we pray for another church every week. Now, it's not about us. It's about other people. You've got to be faithful with your money. God comes first. No matter what. The pastor, I don't have it. It, it doesn't, see, that's the issue. If you had it, you could do it. But that's not what it's about. It's about walking a walk of faith that God comes first, no matter if I have it or not, because it demonstrates that my heart is with you, God. Number three, it demonstrates that you will lose if you don't pray before the battle. They prayed before Jericho. 
But Ai, he just sent spies up and never prayed. And do you know I don't have time to finish this today? That this is what happens. Joshua repents, says, Lord, forgive us. Achan was destroyed because he stole. And you know what happens? When you steal from God, you bring a curse to the whole community. You affect the whole church. You tie the hands of the church because you refuse to walk in obedience. It's not about you, it's about us, remember? But you know what happens, Brother Sean? Joshua repents, Achan confesses, he's destroyed. They go into Ai again. They win the battle at Ai after there's confession and repentance. And guess what happens? If I had time, I'd read it to you. But when they went into Ai, God said to them, Joshua, everything you see in the city, the silver and the gold, it's all yours. Woo! But, 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 but I thought they couldn't. That, that was in Jericho. You know what God was trying to teach them? I'm trying to teach you if you be patient and hold off and do things right, I'm going to make sure you get the plunder of the city. Somebody say hallelujah. So they went, in, they went into Ai. And God said, everything you see in Ai, I'm giving it to you as you go to the new land. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, when you put God first, you don't have to worry about God being selfish. God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw away my shovel, and I'm going to pull up a dump truck and dump it on you. Hallelujah. Woo. You see, Achan, 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 Achan had the mindset, all I want is a little coat. And all I want is a little gold here and a little silver here. And he died. God said, Achan, you're so concerned with the little coat and the money and the silver. I got a whole city with silver and gold waiting for you. If you can just learn to do what I told you to do and be obedient. I'm letting this church know that we're getting ready to walk in the greatest season of our life. As we walk in obedience, God says keep marching, keep moving, keep walking with promise, keep walking with presence, and I will give you the plunder of the city. I'll give you the plunder of the city. 